Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Knock On Sports Show podcast, where I take a deeper look into Montana AA high school football. Today on the show, we will discuss an update on my equipment for coaches' interviews, as well as who committed this week to colleges and where have AA players gone this week for individual camps or team camps. Plus, we'll wrap up my way-too-early look series with our last four teams in AA football. Now, for listeners, in regards to Florida high school football, I will be getting that started here next month as I'll be taking a look at especially the area I live in, which is Brevard County and what is usually called Space Coast football. Uh, We'll be talking about a lot of teams in that one particular area, so look forward to that in the coming uh, month. But uh, for right now, this will continue to be the focus on Montana AA high school football. Again, overall, for Montana listeners as well as my Florida listeners, there will be a balance between the both. I'm still going to be covering AA football uh, once we get to the football season, even though I'm not there. And I will be covering Florida high school football since I am here. So we'll be doing both and both will be uh, headlined as such. So that way Montana fans can listen to Montana high school football and Florida fans can listen to Florida high school football. First, let's get started with this. Businesses, if you want to get involved in advertising with the podcast, it's simple to do. Email me at knockonsports at gmail.com or message me on Facebook or DM me on Twitter. Have a very affordable rates for a month or you can sponsor the studio, phone line, and much, much more. Just email me and we can further discuss getting your message out to the fans of AA football. Listeners, you can also support the podcast as well. Go to the Knock On Sports on Podbean and go to the top of the page, click on on the button that says become a patron there you can support the podcast however you can with whatever contribution you can make again all money goes back into this podcast in terms of equipment and updating software anything you can do is greatly appreciated This week has been about the Troy Strong Blood Drive. I've heard and seen people posting pictures and doing great work. We still have a date in Bozeman on June 29th from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you can't get to Bozeman or you think you've missed your chance to donate, well, don't worry. You haven't. Just go to the American Red Cross, look up blood donation, and you can schedule something in your area to donate. Again, you don't have to donate on a certain date or only this month. You can donate anytime, and your donation helps so many people that need blood. Here's an update on equipment. I'm hoping to have a new board within the next two weeks. Unfortunately, as I mentioned back on episode four, the one that I ordered was not compatible to the equipment that I already have. So hopefully soon I will have a board and we will be able to start conducting coaches interviews and finding out even more about these teams and these players in particular. Uh, Because like I said, I, I think that hearing from the coaches and letting the coaches talk about these guys, the guys that they spend a lot of time with, just gains even more insight on how these teams operate. So, like I said, I want to be able to do that. Uh, Obviously, not being there, not having the studio and the equipment that I used to have when I was working uh, in Kalispell, it makes it a little difficult, but hopefully within the next two weeks, I will have a board that will be able to handle phone conversations and we'll be able to uh, start talking to coaches across uh, the entire state of Montana, all 16 teams in AA for sure, and uh, get a better idea of what these teams are facing as we get ready for the 2021 high school football uh, season. This week we saw Ryan Schlepp announce his commitment to Montana State. The Bobcats are getting one of the best tight ends in the state, no question about that. As I mentioned back in Episode 3, 
I think he's got a little Gronk to him. All right, he's a big tight end. I definitely like the size he has, and also he's just big and strong and physical. Uh, again, he's got enough speed to get by linebackers. He's too big for safeties, and at the same time, too, he's just quick enough and able to really kind of overpower corners as well. Again, he's kind of a matchup nightmare uh, for defenses. So uh, Montana State getting a big physical kid in Ryland Schlepp, and so uh, congratulations to him and his commitment. And I can't wait to see what he does this year uh, with the Gallatin Raptors. And then obviously once he does uh, go to Montana State. Again, uh, we'll see what happens here. But congratulations on his commitment. Uh, as far as I can tell, Ryland Schlepp, Marcus Evans, and Riley Bergerson have announced their commitments already. If there are AA football players that have already announced their commitment and I missed it, I do apologize for one. But two, help me out and message me and let me know where you've committed to as well. Again, you can DM me on Twitter, DM me on Instagram, or you can Facebook message me as well. Or again, email me at knockonsports at gmail.com. Let's get caught up with the latest on where have they been. I saw a Capital team win the team camp at Montana State, so congratulations to Capital. Saw Billings Sr. over at Dickinson State this past week. Jake Rendino was at Air Force as well. And I don't know exactly where Caden Dowler was at, whether it was either at Air Force or Northern Colorado. But all you need to know is that he showed out and it took notice from Roderick Rogers on Twitter. A former NFL player, former Wisconsin Badger as well. He took notice and posted the video about Caden Dowler as well. Uh, so, like I said, the Dowler boys really showing out and showing uh, their impressive skills. Uh, I'm sure they're a hot commodity on the recruiting trail. Also saw Cooper Cress, offensive lineman from Sentinel. He was over at Rocky this past week as well. That's going to do it for Where Have They Been? Again, players, tag me if you can or message me and let me know where you're headed for camps or workouts, whether it be in-state or out-of-state. Like I said, really intrigued to see uh, how many guys are going to be traveling out-of-state over the course of the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's, I won't say that we're winding down on the camp schedule, not by any stretch of the imagination that won't happen until August, but at the same time, I know that, uh, I think we're going to start seeing a little bit of a pickup. It feels like there's been at least a little bit of a lull this week. Um, and, and maybe that's just maybe because I, I didn't notice as many kids, but at the same time, I anticipate that we'll be seeing a lot of kids uh, going to some more camps, uh, and maybe even in particular, even out of state more so, uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. So that'll do it for where have they been. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into my way too early look series. We got four teams left. If you don't know who they are, well, it's Butte, Senior, Skyview, and Flathead. Since we're down to our last four teams, uh, if you haven't noticed, the way I was picking teams was based on either their week one or week two matchups that they have on their schedule. I picked these teams based on who they would face in the non-conference. So that way, one way or another, we got two East teams and two West teams. So like I said, today we got Skyview and Senior, and we got Butte and Flathead. We'll go ahead and jump right into the Butte Bulldogs. The Bulldogs went 4-3 last season. Butte started 0-3, and they went on a four-game winning streak to end the season. Very, very impressive as they would win those four games and secure the last home playoff seed in the West, which was the four seed. Now, again, they unfortunately would fall to Capitol in the first round of the playoffs. A tough loss there for the Butte Bulldogs. But, again, you have to give a ton of credit to those players as well as Coach Ari Gray already dealing with a very tough situation that everybody had to deal with in COVID. 
But at the same time, having a very tough part of the schedule, they took on Glacier, they took on Helena, they took on Sentinel within the first three games of conference play, and it was only a conference-only schedule last year. And then to go and win four, uh, their last four remaining games of the season to secure a home playoff game, that is impressive and nicely done by the Bulldogs last year and Coach Ari Gray. Speaking of Ari, he is entering his 14th season as head coach of the Butte Bulldogs. He has a 58 and 85 record as a coach in his five and six in the postseason, and does have one state championship. The Bulldogs scored 188 points and allowed 194 points. That is a minus six point differential. Average margin in a game was 19 points. The seniors accounted for 63 percent of the scoring last season, which was 120 points. The underclassmen accounted for 68 points, which is about 36 percent of the scoring last year. Butte had 12 takeaways while giving up five interceptions. Didn't see fumbles listed on max preps. Again, uh, these stats that I am pulling together, the uh, percentages I am putting together uh, by the correct, I'm hoping the correct calculations, but Again, a lot of the basic stats that we're getting passing yards, things like that, all coming from uh, the team pages from Max Preps. Players that are graduating for the Butte Bulldogs, quarterback Blake Dracos, he completed 107 passes out of 189 attempts for 56 completion percentage, 1,060 yards, 9 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. Christian Vetter was the leading uh, rusher for the Bulldogs at 121 carries, 809 yards, and 8 touchdowns. Also tagged on 7 catches for 109 yards and 1 touchdown. Defensively was a force with 20 tackles, 2 tackles for loss, and 2 sacks. You look at Ryan Neal. Six carries, 56 yards. He had 10 catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns. On defense, added 28 tackles. Aiden Lee had six carries for 19 yards, three touchdowns. Also on defense, 21 tackles, seven tackles for loss, and the team's leading sack artist with five and a half sacks. Jake Olson, a Grizz commit, he had one rush for six yards and a touchdown and 20 catches for 132 yards and one touchdown. On defense, he had 25 tackles, two tackles for loss, and three sacks, and he was the offensive MVP for the West team at the East-West Shrine game this past weekend. Jake Olson catching a touchdown pass and also catching a two-point conversion. Can't wait to see what the big man does over at the University of Montana. I'm sure Coach Bobby Houck will find a lot of ways to use his skills and his height. Banner Sotrero, uh, four catches, 47 yards with one touchdown. Tanner Huff, 74 tackles, two tackles for loss, two interceptions, and two pass deflections. He also just announced that he is going to the University of Montana. Tucker LaProuse, 37 tackles, six tackles for loss, three sacks. Yeah, Christian Hansen as well with 26 tackles, four tackles for loss, eight pass deflections. Aiden Pezdark, 25 tackles, one tackle for loss, three sacks. Ryland Richards, 22 tackles, one tackle for loss, and one interception as well. Again, if I uh, mispronounce names, I do apologize. I believe it's Riley Chioti, 29 tackles, one tackle for loss as well. That'll wrap up your players that are graduating. Looking at players that are coming back this season for Coach Ari Gray and the Butte Bulldogs, you're looking at junior Gavin Vetter, who had 102 carries, 412 yards, and two touchdowns. Joining him as well as Dylan Snyder. He had four carries for 18 yards, 15 catches for 158 yards. Sophomore Cameron Guernsey caught 23 balls, 241 yards, and three touchdowns. Also junior Cole Stewart, 10 catches, 95 yards, and on defense added 16 tackles and one pass deflection. Cole Worley had six catches for 39 yards. You can check out his interview with Tyler Smith on the Montana AA Prep football page. Great interview. 
Uh, sophomore Zach Tierney, 38 tackles, six tackle for loss, an All-State uh, member for the Butte Bulldogs. Sophomore Jay Stenson, 24 tackles, one tackle for loss, and one pass deflection. One thing I noticed when I talk about players that are returning, a lot of defensive players. Now, again, there are a lot of guys that I did mention there. Um, there are a lot of guys that got maybe one, two, three, maybe four games experience last year, registered some tackles as well. Uh, again, it's a long list of underclassmen, no question about that. So I'm not going to be able to get to everybody. But again, there are some guys that I'm seeing from the defensive side that racked up some tackles. They played some games last year on defense. And getting some of those guys that experience is going to be big when you talk about what questions this team has. All right. And specifically, we'll start with the big one. Butte is one of the teams that saw their quarterback graduate. So who's going to be taking over the reins? Does Coach Ari Gray have another Tommy Malott in the wings here for the Butte Bulldogs? Does Gavin Vetter take over as the primary back? We saw a couple of guys uh, get carries last year. Gavin Vetter did have the most yards behind his, I believe, his older brother, Christian. So, uh, again, it looks like to me as a guess that he would be the primary back. But either way, we know how it goes in high school football. You need at least one to two guys. You want to be able to have guys that have fresh legs uh, because especially when you get to playoff time, you want your primary back to also be able to have fresh legs and to be able to just weather the storm that is the physical grind of the football season so if nothing else if better is the primary who's that change of pace who's that guy that can also spell him and pick up hard-earned yards for the bulldogs when vetter's not in or when he needs a breather how does Butte replace some of the size they had on the O-line? They had some big dudes up front the last couple of years. Obviously, uh, Zach Tierney's uh, a big part. He'll be coming back. He'll be a big uh, part of that offensive line. Uh, but I'm thinking guys like Tyrea and some others, how do they replace those guys? Again, uh, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, if you've got size that helps you win football games, and I know it's cliche to say, but I'm, I'm really saying like when you got guys that are 265, 270, and they're 6'2", 6'3", and you got that across the front line like Butte's had the last two seasons, it makes a big difference in terms of winning football games. So again, how does Butte and what does Butte have in terms of depth on their offensive line? Who takes over for the sack master, Aiden Lee? Who brings the pressure off the edge? Who really makes those quarterbacks feel nervous when they play Butte on the defensive line? That's going to be something that uh, uh, Butte's going to have to answer. On the back end of the defense, they graduate a lot of guys. They graduated almost all their interceptions, if not all their interceptions, last year. Quite a few pass deflections as well. So who's going to take up the mantle for the guys on the back half of the secondary? So that's going to be a big one as well. And uh, like I said, there's guys that, that could fill in uh, for that Butte defense. We just don't know where they're going to fill in. That's obviously up to the coaching staff. But, again, that's a big one there because when you lose a lot of guys in your secondary, now you're you're asking first-time starters to, one, communicate the coverages they need to communicate to, to be in the right place at the right time when the defensive coordinator is making the call, and at the same time uh, handling some of the elite players that are going to be in the Western Conference and also in non conference play. So going to be a big question there uh, for Butte. Looking at the outlook for this team, the Butte Bulldogs made the playoffs once again. I expect them to be in the mix. Coach Argray has done a nice job at the quarterback position the last few years developing guys. Like I said, I'll be curious to see who he has and who will be another sophomore like we saw a couple of years ago when we saw Tommy Malott start back in 2017. Uh, is there a junior or senior that's going to start from this year? Uh, it's going to be a very interesting question. Regardless, though, that quarterback is going to have some options to throw to when you look at Guernsey, Stewart, Worley, and Citrero as well. 
They've got some guys, obviously, in the receiving core that can make plays. So, again, this quarterback, when he does, or whoever it is, steps into the pocket. He's got targets to throw to. He's got some dangerous receivers. So, I'm very – he's going to have someone to throw the ball to. Again, like I said, it's just going to be the question of who is it going to be. He won't have the safety blanket like Jake Olson, who provided, and what he provided because he was a big target. Just toss that ball up there. Jake Olson goes and gets it. He won't have that. But, again, like I said, four wide receivers, that's pretty solid stuff right there. Bulldogs also have a force in the middle in sophomore Zach Tierney. Again, like I said about the offensive line, this dude's a force on the defensive line as well. I could see this guy being that sack master. It's tough to do from the interior, but again, I could see very easily Zach Tierney being that guy just because of uh, what he's done so far as a sophomore. Only imagine he's working hard in the uh, summer months here, and so he'll be a force to reckon with in the middle. Uh, offensive line coaches are going to be circling when they play Butte. Zach Tierney and how they're going to try and move him is not going to be an easy task. Casey Kautzman, one of the best kickers in this state, also on the New Bulldogs and coming back for his senior year, obviously. And when you have a kicker like this guy, it's just an added weapon to the special teams. I know we don't talk about special teams as much when it comes to the high school football game, but when you've got a weapon like Casey Kautzman where he can put the ball deep and he can pin teams back uh, in the shadow of their own end zones, or at the same time, Casey Kautzman last year, he went 3-for-5 from field goals. He had a 43-yarder. That was his longest of the season last year. When you've got a kicker at the high school level that can make a 43-yarder, and, and I've seen his videos on his Twitter page on, and how far he's already practicing and kicking the football, that's just an added weapon. Where teams, you're talking about maybe going to 30, between the 40 and the 30-yard line, that's really tough to ask a kicker to make that kick at the high school level. But when you got a guy that can do it, that just gives you even more chances to put points on the board. So even if you don't maybe get that touchdown, now you have the ability to maybe get three points out of a drive instead of nothing, where maybe you're like, all right, do we go for it on fourth down because we're too close to punt? Uh, instead, now you can actually kick a field goal, get those three points with a leg line cam. And like I said, too, this guy is pretty good in kickoffs. He averaged 53 yards per kickoff, had nine touchbacks, also a 32-yard average on his punt. He had four inside the 20. So, again, Casey Kautzman, an absolute weapon, one of the biggest weapons you can have on special teams, and he will be one for sure uh, for the Butte Bulldogs. So that is the outlook for this team. Again, I think this is a playoff team, but, again, it really does depend on what they do with the quarterback position. Uh, if they got a really good quarterback, then, then maybe that puts them in the conversation of contender. Like I said, depending on the talent that you have at that position, it can really take your team from being really good to a contender or you know, vice versa. So, like I said, it will really depend on what kind of quarterback uh, Coach Ari Gray has in the wings and, and how he develops this summer. But again, I think Butte, regardless, has a, a lot of great talent, and I think they're going to be in the mix for the playoffs. Looking at Butte's schedule in terms of road and home games on the road, they'll take Senior, they'll play at Flathead, they'll play at Big Sky, and at Hellgate at home in that great home stadium that they have. They'll take on Great Falls, Helena, Capital, and Glacier, as well as Sentinel. One of the immediate takeaways I have just looking at the home and road uh, schedule there for the Butte Bulldogs, they've got a tough schedule. You're talking about quite a few playoff teams there. You're talking about just uh, looking at their schedule. Uh, obviously, in the non-conference, you're talking about two home-seeded teams last year in the postseason with Senior and Great Falls right off the bat. So. 
that's going to be interesting uh, to say the least. But like I said, we'll get into my breakdown of the schedules next week on another episode of the Knock On Sports Show podcast. But that is Butte's schedule. Again, a tough one for them. Should be really interesting to see how it all shakes out for the Butte Bulldogs. Like I said, ton of great talent, and it'll be really exciting what this Butte Bulldog team can do here in 2021. Now let's head to the east and over to Billings where we take a look at the senior Bronx. This team finished 8-2 last season. They were the two seed in the east. They fell to Sentinel in the playoffs. The Bronx scored 324 points and gave up 214 points. That's a plus 110 point differential and an average of 25 points in terms of margin per game. Senior is coached by Chris Murdoch, who is going into his 10th season at the helm. Coach Murdoch is 69 and 33 and 8 and 5 in the playoffs with two state championships. Seniors accounted for 240 points, which is about 74% of the scoring from last season. Underclassmen accounted for 63 points, which is about 19% of the scoring from last year. The Bronx defense took the ball away 14 times, while the Bronx gave it away 11 times for a plus three turnover margin. Looking at players that are graduating, Junior Bergen, we know he's going to the University of Montana. He completed 95 passes out of the 156 he threw. For 60% completion, 1,082 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. On the ground, he was even more dangerous. 111 carries, 868 yards, 17 touchdowns. Also had 4 catches, 57 yards, 1 touchdown. Defensively, had 22 tackles, 1 tackle for loss, 2 interceptions, and 5 pass deflections. The real question was, what couldn't Junior Bergen do? Maybe he can't kick, I don't know. I don't know if they tried, but there wasn't a lot this guy couldn't do on a football field. I still remember the uh, run he had against Billings West. So impressive. Uh, Again, he was a ton of fun to watch on Friday nights. And uh, again, I can't wait to see what he does at the University of Montana, but an electrifying player uh, nonetheless for Billings Sr. You also look at Jackson Berkeley, uh, 45 catches, 686 yards, 11 touchdowns, uh, led the team in uh, yards receiving and touchdowns as well. Also was their kicker punter, uh, did a great job there as well. Got Michael Olin with six catches for 59 yards. Johnny McCluskey with five catches for 52 yards. On defense, had 78 tackles, three tackles for loss. Peyton Stidham had five catches, 34 yards, one touchdown. On defense, had 66 tackles. Seth Jacobson had four carries for 11 yards, 13 catches for 110 yards. Andrew Castles had 55 tackles, six tackles for loss, and five sacks. TJ Smith, 47 tackles, one interception, and four pass deflections. Those are your players that are graduating for the Billing Senior Bronx. Look at the players that are coming back for Coach Chris Murdoch in 2021. Outstanding running back Jacob Miller, who made the All-State team, 176 carries, 1,111 yards, five touchdowns, averaged 6.3 yards per carry, and had six games over 100 yards. Junior Bubba Bergen had 23 carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns, had one catch for 14 yards, and then on defense had 46 tackles, five tackles for loss, two interceptions, and three pass deflections. Junior Hayden Phelps had 14 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown. Junior Christian Emineth had 13 carries, three yards, one touchdown. Junior Malik Simpson had 10 catches, 89 yards, and on defense, 24 tackles, two interceptions, and eight pass deflections. And you look at Zeke Ramirez, six catches for 45 yards, Junior Peyton Morton, 68 tackles, six tackles for loss, also on the All-State team. I'm sorry, had nine tackles. 
Now we look to junior Peyton Morton, who had 68 tackles, 9 tackles for loss, 7 sacks, an All-State player for senior. Also joining him is junior Alex Allred, 66 tackles and 6 tackles for loss. Also defensive lineman Caleb Romero, 58 tackles, 3 tackles for loss, and 4 sacks. you got Tyler Simonson, who had 55 tackles as well. So some really talented football players coming back for Billings Sr. What are the questions that this team have? Well, who takes over at quarterback? Obviously, it is very, very tough to replace a guy like Junior Bergen. Very similar to Butte. Uh, how do they replace the production? I don't necessarily think that you can with everything that Junior did. But again, who's waiting in the wings? Who's going to take up the mantle of signal caller? That's a big question for Senior. Only two wide receivers coming back with catches. So who becomes that number one target? And then who fills out those roles as the number three and number four wide receiver? What kind of size will the Senior Bronx have on the offensive line? Again, trying to open up holes for Jacob Miller as well as protecting whoever their next quarterback will be. Will this be the year that they knock off their rivals to the West? And I'm talking about Billings West. Is this going to be the year for them? Again, a lot depends on that quarterback position and also that size up front, I think. Again, defensively, I like a lot of the pieces that they have coming back. Again, they got to figure out some guys in the back end of the defense and the secondary. Uh, but again, Malik Simpson, a great safety. I really like what he brings to the table. Uh, again, continuing that great tradition of a great safety play that uh, Senior has had over the course of the last couple of years. So defensively I really like this team you talk about Caleb Romero as well 58 tackles uh, force on the defensive line four sacks uh, again you got Peyton Morton with seven sacks as well so again I think it's going to be a race between those two guys to be who who see who's going to get the sack title for Billings Senior again I think Romero as a defensive lineman can be uh, a guy that's a contender for uh, the top sack artist in double-a football as a defensive lineman I uh, can't wait to see what he does this season Here's the outlook for this team. Seniors got a ton of talented football players back. No question about that. Simpson will be a great defender. Um, how will he be used on offense? Will he be wide receiver number one? Or is he going to be a guy that lines up in the backfield, lines up and splits out wide as well? Is he going to be a Swiss Army knife for that offense? And they're just going to try and get him in space to make big plays. That's going to be a, a big question, and I'm very curious to see how they use him. Because, again, this is a guy that broke seniors 100-meter yard. 100 meter record last year or this past spring I should say so this guy's got speed and when you've got speed you just want to be able to find ways to get this guy uh, the ball in space so he can use it and make big time plays I really like their defense as well all they got guys that are impact guys at all levels when you're talking about the three levels of defense the defensive line linebacker and secondary you're talking about all red and Morton at linebacker you're talking about Romero on the D line you're talking about Bergen and Simpson on the back end as well and then this defense will be a force for the Bronx uh, if Jacob Miller runs the ball the way he did last season that's a big dimension uh, for Billings Sr. And then that just allows to help alleviate pressure on that first-year starting quarterback uh, that Sr. will have this season. And then we'll just see how he continues to build. If he gets great confidence and all of a sudden you throw in some play action, Sr.'s offense becomes that much more dangerous. There's no question about the talent on this football team. I think they are a playoff team. I think the question is just going to be how do they fit into uh, the hierarchy of where the Eastern Conference is. Obviously, you got West, you got Bozeman, Gallatin looks to be a team on the rise, CMR as well. You got Great Falls with a ton of talent as well. Uh, like I said, I think the Eastern AA is going to be extremely uh, competitive. Looking at the Senior Bronx schedule. 
Their home schedule, they'll take on Butte, Gallatin, West, and Great Falls. Senior on the road this season, they will be at Helena. They'll be the road team against Skyview. They'll go to CMR and Bozeman and finish up the season at Belgrade. So that is senior schedule for the 2021 season in terms of home and road games. So we're at about the halfway point here of Episode 5 of the Knock On Sports Show podcast. I am your host, Anthony Knockreiner. Make sure to click that subscribe button and go ahead and also take a look at that button at the top of the Podbean app and become a patron. Think about it. Whatever support you can give to the show will be greatly appreciated. Let's take a look at our last two teams here in our Way Too Early Look series. We take a look at another team from Billings, the Skyview Falcons. The Falcons went 3-5 and five last season, three more wins than they've had the previous two seasons combined. The Falcons also made the playoffs as a five seed, losing to Great Falls in the playoffs. The Falcons scored 106 points while giving up 220, a minus 114 point differential, and the scoring margin in games last season averaged about 29 points. The Falcons beat CMR, Gallatin, and Belgrade last season. Coach Nathan Wall is entering his fourth season as head coach. So far, he is 3-25 and 0-2 in the postseason. This past season was the first postseason appearance for the Falcons since the 2014-2015 season. Seniors accounted for 49% of the points scored last season. Seniors scored seven touchdowns, while underclassmen accounted for 50% of the points scored last year. That total was 54. The Falcons turned the ball over 15 times, while the defense took the ball away 12 times for a minus three turnover margin. When we look at players graduating, you've got Jalen Baker, who completed nine passes out of 31 for a 29% completion percentage, 194 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. On the ground, he had 43 carries for 66 yards. Defensively, he had 12 tackles, four tackles for loss, and four sacks. Jackson Wellham had three carries for 44 yards, six catches for 100 yards, and three touchdowns. On defense, had 109 tackles, seven tackles for loss, two sacks, and an interception. Also handled punts, kickoffs, and extra points for Billings Skyview. Now this name, I do apologize if I mispronounce it, Regan Pekisi. He had 92 carries, 314 yards, two touchdowns. Also had nine catches, 142 yards, and one touchdown. On defense, had 46 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, one interception, and two pass deflections. Caleb Partridge had five catches for 49 yards. On defense, 75 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, and an interception. Cameron Severa on defense had 54 tackles, three tackles for loss, two interceptions, and four pass deflections. Keevan Alexander on the defensive side, 19 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, and two and a half sacks. We take a look at the players returning for the Billing Skyview Falcons. You look at quarterback Dylan Goodall. He had 35 completions out of 90 attempts. That was good enough for 38%. 452 yards passing, three touchdowns, and nine interceptions. He had 38 carries for 125 yards. Sophomore Paolo Salminen, 30 carries for 139 yards. On defense, had 50 tackles, seven tackles for loss, two sacks. Again, I do apologize for uh, mispronouncing names. Uh, I do apologize. If you want to correct me, hit me up on the email at knockonsports at gmail.com. That's N-A-C-H-O-N-S-P-O-R-T-S at gmail.com. Let me know what the correct uh, spelling is or the phonetical uh, saying of the name because, again, I got a little trouble last name. 
or I have a troubled last name, so I know how it goes. I try not to do that with players uh, either. Nothing uh, stinks more than someone mis mispronouncing names. Uh, you got junior Peyton Sanders. He had eight carries, 66 yards, 13 catches, 270 yards, four three touchdowns as well. On defense, had 23 tackles, two interceptions, and three pass deflections. Another guy coming back next year, junior Dylan Barrington-Miller. 17 carries for 52 yards, also on defense, had 13 tackles. Junior Trey Dye had eight catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. On defense, 29 tackles, one tackle for loss, and two pass deflections. Peyton Sanders for Skyview was an All-State mention, and joining him as well was his teammate Kalua Fatapiteo. I hope I said that last name right. If I didn't, I do apologize. Again, on defense, he contributed 77 tackles, 8 tackles for loss, and 2 sacks. Michael Davidson on defense had 25 tackles, 4 tackles for loss. Caden Przewski had 15 tackles, 2 tackle for loss. And the, I'm guessing, brother of Kalua is Tahuna. Again, hope I'm saying that name correctly. Had 14 tackles, 2 tackles for loss. Questions for this team. Is Goodall going to be the main quarterback? And again, the reason why I asked this question is just because he only had 90 attempts uh, last season. So will he be the main guy or will there be a quarterback competition for Coach Nathan Wall? Is Salmenon going to be the main back or is that an open competition as well at running back? Who's going to help out Sanders and die in the wide receiver department? What kind of size will Skyview have along the fronts as well? The defense has some great pieces back, as I mentioned, Kalua and Tahuna. Those two guys definitely look like they'll be forces along for that Skyview defense. Um, so who's going to help them out along with that in terms of the turnover battle? Uh, because, again, some turnovers are graduating that uh, Billing Skyview had last season. Who's going to take up that mantle is going to be a very important question. And so, like I said, defensively, they've got some great pieces back. Um, who's going to be that sack master? Who's going to be that interception leader? That's going to be a big question for Coach Nathan Wall and his, and his defensive staff to answer uh, this upcoming season. And then how does Skyview build upon last year's success, which kind of leads into our outlook for this team. I was really happy to see Skyview win some games. You don't like seeing programs having to go through seasons without a win. The Falcons are a team that is beyond the point of rebuild. They are in the phase of climbing towards the top of the pack. It will be tough with so many good teams in the East, but I think Skyview is once again a playoff team. Skyview has some great pieces on defense. They have some key guys on offense, but how do they fill out the rest is the question. Can Sanders and others get the ball in space to make plays? It's going to be tough, but again, I like Skyview as a team that's in the playoff mix here. And I think they're going to uh, find ways to win football games. And I think Coach Nathan Wall and his staff uh, are going to put their guys in positions to win games here in 2021. So I think Skyview is going to be quite the challenge. I think the days of uh, just rolling over Skyview are over with. And I look forward to chatting with Coach Nathan Wall uh, next month and finding more out about uh, his team. But again, I think Skyview, I think the uh, – Arrow, if you were looking for it, as you see in power rankings all the time, I think the arrow is pointing up for the Falcons. Looking at the Falcons' schedule, they will uh, host Flathead, host Senior, CMR, and Bozeman, and Belgrade. That wraps up their home schedule. On the road, Skyview will travel to Big Sky, to West, and then Great Falls and Gallatin as well. So that is the home and away schedule for the Skyview Falcons. Now let's take a look at our last team here in our Way Too Early Look series, and we'll finish up with a team out west and a team 
that I am very familiar with, and that is the Flathead Braves, as I had been the voice of the Flathead Braves the last several seasons. Unfortunately, last year, this team went 0-7. Closest game of the season was a 28-20 loss to Hellgate. The Braves haven't made the postseason since 2018 when they went to the state title game. I know for fans, it feels like it's been a while, but only a couple seasons have passed since then. Braves scored 107 points last season. They were held under 20 points in all but two games in the last two seasons combined uh, versus Big Sky at the end of the year last year in a loss to West, 52-22 in 2019. Braves gave up 307 points last year. Flooded Braves were the only team to go through a coaching change. Matt Upham resigned. Alex Cummings steps in, who has been on the staff since 2015. He will take over as the head coach. I know Alex. I spent a lot of time with him and chatting with him over the course of the last several years. Alex brings a lot of energy, and I already love the way he is communicating with players and parents on social media. I'll get more into that a little bit later on in another episode of the podcast on how important that social media aspect is, but I love what Coach Alex Cummings is already doing on that front. Seniors accounted for 91 points last season, which is about 85% of the points scored. Underclassmen accounted for 14 points, which was good enough for 13% of the points scored last year. The Braves' defense took the ball away eight times. They turned it over 11 times for a minus three turnover differential. The Braves players that are graduating, quarterback Charlie Henchy, who completed 56 passes out of 124 attempts for 45%. He had 670 yards, six touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Also rushed 45 times for 20 yards and two touchdowns. Alec Thomas, the leading tackler and leading rusher for the Braves last year, he had 132 carries, 620 yards, five touchdowns. On defense, had 75 tackles, one tackle for loss, and one sack. Tommy Wells had 16 catches, 256 yards, and three touchdowns. On defense, three tackles, one interception, one pass deflection, one fumble recovery. Nick Gustafson had 16 catches for 197 yards and three touchdowns. On kick return, had over 300 yards in the kick return game and one touchdown. That game coming or that touchdown coming in the game against Big Sky. On defense, had 18 tackles, one interception, and two pass deflections. Ryan Nelson had 56 tackles on the back end for the Braves. Nolan White, another outstanding linebacker, 48 tackles, one interception, one pass deflection. On the defensive line, Ethan Egger, 12 tackles. Elijah Owens, 18 tackles. Two tackles for loss. Players that are returning for the Braves this upcoming season and for Coach Alex Cummings, you got the young quarterback, Jackson Walker, who completed 10 passes out of 28 attempts for 90 yards, one interception, also 22 carries for 59 yards. I do think that the Braves will have a quarterback competition. Again, not entirely sure on that, but I would assume that there is going to be a quarterback competition. You also have a senior in Cody Raymer, who didn't get a lot of action last year, but did a lot of really, really nice things on the JV squad last year. So I would at least think that there is a competition for the starting quarterback job as well. Don't know what kind of offense they're going to run over at Flathead. I'm not entirely sure what the staff is going to look like with Coach Cummings as well yet either. I'm eager to chat with him at some point in the coming month uh, to find out more. But uh, some changes obviously uh, going to come. Not entirely sure what this offense is going to look like. Is it going to be more of what we've seen the past two seasons? Are we going to see a mix of the last two seasons and what Kyle did? Uh, entirely up to Coach Alex Cummings, but we will find out at some point. Caden Henshaw is the leading rusher back for the Braves. He had 25 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Also had three catches 
and 34 yards. Also had Dylan Caratafil, who did a nice job at the wide receiver position, did some nice things on special teams as a return man. Trevor Burke had four carries, 21 yards. He also had a catch for 37 yards. Kobe Berkey had four catches for 43 yards. Robert Walker had four catches for 32 yards. Unfortunately, because he was a starting wide receiver last year, unfortunately injured his leg middle of the year and uh, didn't quite didn't quite get to finish out the season. Would have loved to have seen what he would have done last year. Can't wait to see. Hopefully he's all right. Hopefully he's 100%. Can't wait to see what he does this year. Chase Uso, 41 tackles, three tackles for loss. You got Caden Berkey with 30 tackles, six tackles for loss on defense. Nate Preto. 21 tackles, 7 pass deflections. Dylan Zink, 26 tackles, 2 tackles for loss, 1 pass deflection as well. Dylan Zink, you can check out his conversation with Tyler Smith as well on the Montana Double Prep football page. You got Luke Leach, who is an outstanding offensive lineman, also does a good job on the defensive side with 10 tackles, 1 tackle for loss. Also have guys like Noah Pohatton, Taven Stewart, as well on the defense that will be big contributors, I think, this upcoming season. You look at Connor Skolski, had six kickoffs for 283 yards, 47-yard average, and was 8 for 9 on extra points last season for the Flathead Braves. Questions for this team? Well, there's 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 quite a few. Uh, who takes over at quarterback? As I mentioned, I'm sure there's going to be a competition, but ultimately who wins it? That's going to be uh, something the staff has to find out. But uh, who takes over there? That's going to be a big big one for the Braves. Uh, who joins Henshaw in the backfield as a change of pace or to spell him? Uh, that'll be a big question as well. Uh, the running back position has been a little thin, unfortunately, uh, before for the Flathead Braves outside of Alec Thomas last year. It's a little bit of a thin spot since the days of Blake Counts. What kind of size will the offensive line have this season and the defensive line for the Flathead Braves? Again, I like uh, Berkey as well uh, on the defensive line. He's had some really, really nice things on the defensive line the last two seasons. So who's going to join him in getting after the quarterback? So that'll be a big one as well. Uh, who will inspire and lead this team? Who's going to be that vocal leader? That's going to be a big question uh, for this team. And then who steps in at linebacker with Thomas and Nolan White gone? Uh, obviously Chase Uso. Outstanding linebacker last year. Really liked what he did. He was the thumper on that defense along with Ryan Nelson. And so I expect hard hitting from Chase Uso. But who's going to fill in in those other spots, those other two spots of the Braves defense? And on top of that, too, who's going to be calling uh, defensive plays for the Braves defense? Uh, Matt Upham obviously was the head coach last year and the defensive coordinator the last couple of seasons. That's also a big change for the Braves. So a new defensive coordinator uh, this year. We'll see what kind of defense they are going to look to run uh, this season as well. Outlook for this team is tough to gauge on how good uh, potentially this season could be for them just because of so many unknown factors. Ultimately, when you go 0-7 and you have a head coaching change, you're in rebuild mode. There's no nice way to say it, but that is what it is. The program hasn't had a winless season in some time. It even predates max preps. The Braves have had lean years with maybe one or two wins, but winless, it's been a while. So the only place to go is up. Could the Braves be in the playoff mix? Absolutely. Again, uh, last year they were in the playoff mix up until the final game of the season, until the final whistle. So there's no reason to say why this team can't be in the playoff mix. But obviously this depends on answers to so many key positions. I think the wide receiving core is strong for the next quarterback to have some options to throw to. The defense will have some key guys back, and so they could be very good. But again, how much does this team grow and improve with first-year head coach Alex Cummings? That is ultimately going to determine whether this team will be going to the playoffs. 
Looking at the schedule for the Flathead Braves, home and away, uh, they will be, uh, let's take a look at their home side of the schedule. They will take on Gallatin, Butte, Sentinel, and Helena. On the road, they will face Skyview, Capitol, Hellgate, Glacier, and Big Sky. That is the road and home uh, schedules for the Flathead Braves. And uh, like I said, we'll see what Coach Alex Cummings has in store for this Braves football team. Again, going to be, uh, I, I just think, a, I don't want to say a rebuilding year in the sense that you'd really kind of think of it, you know, when you talk about, you know, franchises and professional sports. I just mean in terms of, okay, you're resetting a lot of things, you're resetting the expectations, and you're building blocks. I mean, listen, the things that Flatter was able to accomplish in 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018 with Coach Kyle Sampson, they were fantastic. But unfortunately, at this point, the uh, foundation is brand new. You're laying brand new bricks uh, for the foundation here for this program. And we'll see what kind of bricks are laid by Coach Cummings and his staff and these players. Again, like I said, just because I say it's rebuild mode doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have a difficult season. They could absolutely have a great season. Maybe they get a home playoff game this upcoming season. But again, just because of so many unknown factors along with a first-year head coach, I just look at it as this is going to be a complete build uh, for this program. That wraps up our Way Too Early Look series. We have looked at all 16 teams in the AA, from Billings to Kalispell. We have looked at them all. Next week on the show, we'll break down schedules. We'll take a look at the Eastern Conference schedule next week. We'll break down each schedule for every team in the Eastern Conference. Who has the toughest? Who has the easiest? What stretches will tell us the most and could determine a home playoff game or going on the road for teams? We'll break it all down next week. That's going to do it for us here on Episode 5 of the Knock On Sports Show Podcast. You can listen to the show on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and through the Podbean app. Please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the podcast. And remember, you can also click on the Become a Patron button on Podbean to help support the show. All proceeds go into the podcast. Thanks to these Patreon members already, John Kemper, Jordan Hillesheim, and Dan Oswald. That is one of the perks of becoming a Patreon member here on the podcast. If you do so, I'll read your name out aloud, as well as if you've got a comment or you've got a question or you've got something you want to ask me, you jump to the front of the line when it comes to answering questions here on the podcast. If you do have any questions you want me to answer or have a comment, you can leave them at the bottom of the episodes, or you can email me at knockonsports at gmail.com. Again, that is N-A-C-H-O-N-S-P-O-R-T-S at gmail.com. Our Way Too Early Look series is done. Now we look ahead to 2021. Who has the toughest? Who has the easiest schedule? We'll break it all down next week here on the Knock On Sports Show podcast. I am your host, Anthony Knockrunner, and I am knocking out.